In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> we do not meet many old people in the New Testament. The Old Testament has more than its fair share of patriarchs and matriarchs from Adam to Methuselah. Noah is said to have lived to be 950 years old. So that would have made him a spry man of about 600 when he built the ark. Sarah gave birth to Isaac at 90, God bless her soul. <laughs> old Eli mentors the child Samuel, who will become one of our most important Old Testament prophets. And we're told that as an old man, King David slept with a young girl in his final year simply to help keep himself warm. But in the New Testament, apart from the occasional character in one of Jesus' parables, we meet almost no older people. About the only ones we get to know make their appearance in our passage for today. Today we commemorate the presentation of Jesus at the temple, and so we are introduced for the first and only time to Simeon and Anna. Our passage for today immediately follows Jesus' circumcision, which happened on the eighth day after his birth as prescribed by the law. Now, again, in accordance with the law, Mary and Joseph have made the trip to the temple in Jerusalem 40 days after Jesus' birth to complete Mary's ritual purification after childbirth and to perform the redemption of the firstborn son. This redemption is tied to God's rescue of Israel from slavery in Egypt. According to Leviticus, in remembrance of the debt owed God for this gift of salvation, the family is to redeem their firstborn son by sacrificing a lamb in the temple. If the family cannot afford this, they can satisfy the law by sacrificing two turtle doves or two small pigeons. This is the option that Mary and Joseph take, thus confirming their lowly and economically disadvantaged status. But I want us to see something important about the Holy Family here. Mary and Joseph are obedient Jews fulfilling all the requirements of the law of Moses. They circumcise Jesus on the eighth day. They present him at temple on the 40th day. They make the required redemption sacrifice. In spite of what Mary learned about Jesus from the angel Gabriel, in spite of the report of the shepherds at the manger, in spite of three exotic visitors who brought extravagant gifts to her son and called him king, it never occurs to Mary that Jesus' status relieves him or his parents from the obligation to keep the law. And it is as they are obediently fulfilling the law that they are discovered by Simeon and Anna. We're told that Simeon is righteous and devout, so he too is an obedient keeper of the law. Further, we're told that the Holy Spirit rests upon him, and it is by the Holy Spirit that Simeon is assured that he will not die before he sees God's Messiah. It must be an amazing thing to live with a message from God that keeps you always looking for its fulfillment. How must Simeon's life have been affected by this? How must his days have been shaped by always looking, looking for God's presence and promise? How many faces would Simeon have looked into wondering if this time he might see the face of the Messiah? On this day, the Holy Spirit prompts Simeon to go to the temple and obediently he goes. 
He stands in the shadows watching, not quite knowing what he's looking for, but expectant all the same. And when the Holy Family near the temple entry, he steps out to greet them. He reaches out and lifts a corner of the blanket covering the baby. And at once he knows he is looking upon the Messiah. God's promise to him and to all of Israel has been fulfilled. Simeon is overcome with joy. It is the moment that he has been waiting for, living for. Perhaps he's surprised to see the Messiah come as a newborn child. But when he looks upon the baby's face, there is no doubt in Simeon's mind that he has seen the Messiah. His joy is so full that he breaks forth into song, even as he holds this babe in his arms. It is a beautiful song that's been handed down to us through the years. The song of Simeon is known in the church as the Nunc Dimittis, a Latin phrase which means, now you are letting depart. It is a hymn of joy and praise, and it centers on the significance that surrounds the coming of Jesus and the salvation of all people, Jews and Gentiles alike. Simeon's hopes have been satisfied, and he has fulfilled his mission. He is now ready to depart in the assurance of God's salvation. As Simeon breaks forth in song concerning this babe in his arms, he catches the attention of Anna. Anna is an old woman who has been a widow for most of her life. Unlike Simeon, the Holy Spirit hasn't told her that she will see the Messiah before she dies. But we are told that she is a prophet and that she has dedicated herself to a life of faith. She never leaves the temple, but worships there with fasting and prayer day and night. Clearly, Anna understands faith for the long haul. She is resilient and she is steadfast. As Anna approaches Jesus, she begins to proclaim, to preach to all of those in the vicinity. She praises God and declares that this child brings the long awaited and hoped for redemption of Israel. Shaped by a lifetime of being present to God in worship, Anna recognizes that the promise has arrived in the form of this small, precious child. It's a point worth reiterating that the Messiah comes to us as a baby. And it's one of God's shrewdest moves. As you are well aware, infants wield a kind of power Burly men with calloused hands become gentle as pillows when handed a baby. Powerful people with big, gruff voices adopt a falsetto and coo at an infant. God came down not to thrash evildoers or crush the Romans, but as an infant to elicit love and to nurture tenderness. By the time a mature Jesus begins his ministry, Simeon and Anna will have long since passed. They get the opportunity to see the beginning of God's redemptive work, but not its completion. In this, they are very much like us. We too are people who have seen something of the promise, but not its full unfolding. Simeon and Anna are representative of our own experience of God's redemption. We have scripture that forms us in hope and attentiveness. We have stories and covenants and signs. We have moments 
or the memory of moments when the tender compassion of our God comes close enough to see and to feel. And yet, it is always fleeting, always produces yearning, is always incomplete. After years of faithful watching and waiting, Simeon and Anna are there in the right place at the right time to see God's promise fulfilled. A posture of hope and fidelity structured their lives. They were profoundly shaped by a story that had yet to be completed. The years of anticipation and waiting and looking were not wasted time but time infused and transformed by glimpses of the promise. Simeon and Anna invite our reflection on whether what we know of the story of God's redemption shapes our lives in ways that keep us open and attentive to God's presence and work. Do we have eyes that see God's redeeming action in the world all around us? And do we have the faith to proclaim it? Perhaps it isn't a foolish waste of time to order our lives according to a story that is not yet complete. Perhaps living according to the promise of God locates us where we are most likely to regularly encounter the one who is life and fulfillment and salvation. Amen.